Hello, and welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hey guys, Buddy C. Welcome everyone. Glad we've got uh, Kate and Craig and Marla with us today. Um, I know we started talking about the 16th chapter, I think, last week. Uh, had some good stuff. Do y'all have any comments from that or any uh, epiphanies we didn't uh, discuss last time before we dig into the commentaries? Mm-hmm. Everyone good? Mm-hmm. I do want to read one of the four translations before we start um, just to give us a just to kind of refresh our memory a little bit. I want to read the third one, I think. Um, if you can, uh, you want me to share my screen? Let me do that right quick. Okay. Um, I'm going to read the third one. If you can empty your mind of all thoughts, your heart will embrace the tranquility of peace. Watch the workings of all creation, but contemplate their return to the source. Interesting. It didn't say, do anything but watch Mm. so we're emptying and we're watching uh all creatures in the universe return to the point where they began returning to the source's tranquility because we submit the heaven's mandate returning to heaven's mandate is called being constant knowing the constant is called enlightenment Mm. not knowing the constant is the source of evil deeds because we have no roots. So we're not observing all of this and being empty. So the result of that is selfishness and dishonesty and resentment and fear and unmanageability, right? No peace, no step two, then we're going to see step one. We're going to see unmanageability. Uh, Because we have no roots. By knowing the constant, we can accept things as they are. By accepting things as they are, we become impartial. By being impartial, we become one with heaven. By being one with heaven, we become one with the Tao. Being one with the Tao, we're no longer concerned about losing our life because we know the Tao is constant. and We are one with the Tao. I think that becoming nothing that we see a lot in these readings is talking about being concerned with losing our life, not necessarily in being nothing, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, but I think it's about the nothingness of us, uh, of being selfless. That's, uh, that's how I, that's how I see that. I wanted to acceptance is huge in that. Um, Let's see. I had a note here. I wanted to. Yeah, no longer concerned about losing life because we're in a place of acceptance. Mm-hmm. Because we're emptying our heart. We're observing. We're being. I'm going to stop share for a minute. We're. We're. I, I was reminded of this the other day that we're a human being, not a human doing. So we become more of a human being, just being. There's a lot to say about that, about emptying and watching and accepting and not being concerned about losing because you can observe everything else is working as it should. So 
who's to say your life is not the very same way? Yeah. <laughs> Marla raised an issue with this last week, um, and the, the, the question she asked was, how do we do this? Um, because we were talking about letting go and um, just letting things be and things happen as, as they are. And Marla, Marla says, how, how do you do this? Because you've got everyday things to do, but the groceries, shopping, all that to do with. And when I, when I heard that back, I thought to myself, you know, we, we don't get involved. The only thing we do is just just do what we have to do. Don't get involved in in other things. Trying to, um, we don't we don't try to, to to meddle in things. We don't try to um, try to influence or manipulate things to to our outcome. We just do what we have to do, and and that's it. Um, and it's like, see, we, we we just be on on the level that, that we're on. Um, but you have to practice yeah. to get to that level. Mm-hmm. You know. And my thought always comes back: you got to meditate a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, no, it's, it's... get that. And also, you know, uh, to practice equanimity in everything and feeling, you know, everything's in a you know precarious balance. But equanimity, and you got to practice equanimity and non-attachment and all kinds of things in order to get an empty head. I think. In my experience. Yeah, you know, it's it really, truly goes back to that letting go business, you know. Um, and practicing that in all of our affairs, really, like you said, Craig, is for me is what, what I think that's about, you know. Um, doing it in every uh, – hey, Alder, how are you today, dear? We're talking about uh, uh, how to apply the 16th chapter. We're talking about, uh, you know, how, how do we become empty? How, how do we, you know, how do we lay down our life? How do we no longer concerned with ourselves, you know, uh, and become this impartial person that observes more than reacts and mm-hmm. bees more than does. Um, I I was concerned. I, I, I remembered a couple of, um, uh, there, there's a there's a phrase from the book of Thomas in the Nag Hammadi that says that uh, that we're to be a passerby, that we're to let this stuff just go by us, not not buy into all these things, not get so involved in like Craig, like exactly what you were saying, Craig. You know, mm-hmm. we're 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 not here to fix. How many times have we heard that? Yeah, that we can't fix people. We can't fix ourselves. So we have to let go for our to even influence ourselves. How how do we believe that we're able to do this for anybody else? You know? Was I not just saying that the other day? Yes. Is yeah. <laughs> I help other people when you can't let let it go. Yeah. You know? Isn't it great how these things just all come back to the simplicity of 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 letting go and and uh staying in your hula hoop, I heard someone say the other day. You know, yeah. if it's outside of my hula hoop, it's none of my business. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, I remember that um, another Nag Hammadi quote that uh, Peter asked Jesus how to have peace. And he told him to abandon the works that do not follow. Abandon the stuff that doesn't follow you after this life. And that that fits in with this entirely. So... This is really good stuff. Any other comments before I go to the commentaries? I'm going to go to the uh, Derek Lynn commentary 
because we we read the uh, Stephen Mitchell last week, and that was really good. It talked about the uh, stepping back from your thoughts, uh, step back rather than suppress, and I thought that was really good. But uh, on the Derek Lynn. There's several things he has to say, and I'm just going to read through it, and y'all interrupt me. Um, Everything in nature exhibits a cycle pattern. The changing seasons, the tides, the sun, the moon, all living things flourish and eventually return to their origin in the recurrent cycles of life. When we quiet the internal chatter and bear silent witness to the miraculous natural processes at work, We strengthen our connection with the empty, yet incredibly prolific creativity of the Tao. So when when we're quiet, we can witness the miraculous. When we quiet the internal chatter and bear silent witness to the miraculous natural processes at work, we strengthen our connection with the empty, yet incredibly prolific creativity of the Tao. Just saying the same thing a different way, you know. We're uh, when we're quiet and we observe, we can see nature as our example. What, what's the nature does not hurry, but yet everything's accomplished. Okay, I can relate to that. Like the kind of the connection that we have to, like all of it being part of a a greater source of power in the whole universe and how we're connected to that and how with that connection, like if you focus on that greater connection, all the trivialities and drama of the everyday stuff, you know, you can kind of let that all float by if you're focusing on the, the greater source of power that we're all, a part of Does that make any sense perfect sense okay yeah. perfect sense <laughs> it, it's um you know it's 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 like people who, are, who walk who uh follow who follow the word of christ and you know they're so they're um you know they, they walk with someone they think and they're it's a happiness that they have because they're connected to their god I, that's, I don't know, that kind of made sense. Yeah, yeah. You have something, Audrey? Yeah, that also reminds me of, um, there's a verse somewhere in the Bible, and and I'm going to loosely paraphrase it from the top of my head, but about, um, you know, that that the birds don't worry about where their next meal is going to come from, the flowers don't worry about, you know, how they're going to bloom and whatnot. And that what you just said reminded me of that about observing nature and how everything gets done, but it's never in a hurry. Just reminded me of that about, I think that's somewhere in the New Testament. But, um, yeah, it's interesting how you can tie it all in. And I think there's like just this golden thread of truth that runs through it all. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know, and and I, I think a problem that we have in the West I know I was raised with a non a non dual thinking, like I was totally unattached from all of nature, 
that nature was going to go away and that I was totally separate from all those things. And what this has started to teach me is that that's not the case, that, that we're all connected, that, that all of, you know, just like you were saying, Kate, and that's been a big shift in my thinking since I've been in recovery and it continues to shift. And I can see all this, you know, and I see examples of it in places I used to not see it, like you were talking about, Alder, uh, you know, because I still I still read some Bible stuff, too. And uh, and I see it there when I used to not see it there. It's like, you know, uh, waking up to these things. So uh, I, I think getting rid of that non-dual thinking is so important. Um, and, you know, we talk about being part of a body. And maybe, maybe collectively, we can think of all of us as part of this body rather than our individual bodies, you know. Um, and I was thinking about that the other day and about the fact that, let's say, my forearm is hurting. My forearm needs nourishment, let's say. I'm the forearm, and I need nourishment, okay? Where do I get food from? I don't get food from an outside source. I get food from the rest of the body. The rest of the body helps me can i interject yeah please please listening yesterday to todd and dr cotton cotton um and this you know i'm just sort of becoming aware of this as well in the eastern philosophy the chinese believe chinese i think chinese believe that um all all organisms including humans are completely interconnected just is it's as simple as that you know a bee and a flower you can't have one without the other and and that's how we all are as well so you know in understanding that it, it gave me a much um uh, broader view i guess of how we're all part of the universe we're just we're just like every we're we're like a plant you know Bro- broader but yet simpler you know I think we're way too complicated. Oh, I do too. We hide in our complication, Marla. We hide in that. We we hide in making it more complicated so that we have an excuse not to let go because we have all these things that we have to accomplish or all these programs and all these formulas and all of this that, that are our excuse not to just let go because we want to stay selfish. It's all about our selfishness, in my opinion, you know, and we, we want to keep it all about us. And uh, that's uh, that's where my problem is. It seems to be just a human problem yes. that you're talking about. It's not, you know, it's a human problem. We all... It's not a recovery problem. It's, no. a, it's a human problem, you know. Yeah. All right, I'll read his next. He's got more. Um uh, This is a precise description of what happens when we feel our essential oneness with nature. Uh, When we feel our essential oneness with nature. In that oneness, we find the gift of tranquility. We discover that nature is not merely all around us, but also inside of us. Human nature is but a microcosm of the greater nature. The realization of this constant unchanging principle brings us spiritual clarity this clarity cannot be described in words and must be experienced firsthand exactly what we were talking about 
I really like this, this his next comment here. It says, Dow cultivators accept reality as it is rather than as they wish it to be. The troubles we encounter in life and the pain associated with them are caused by the disparity between our expectations and the way things are. The more stubbornly we refuse to accept, the more we suffer. (laughs) Isn't that great? That sums it all up. It does, doesn't it? It sums every bit of it up. Every bit of it. So that's that's Derek Lenz. He had some more, but we'll just stop there. Um, any comments at this? More comments at this point, guys? If not, I'm going to move on to Wayne Dyer. He's got a whole different take on this. Mm. Yeah, I'll uh, let me. Sh- I'll share the screen. But any comments at this point, guys? All right, let me find him. Okay, can y'all see that? Yeah. All right. Um, let me. Okay, I'm going to read his uh, the translation he used, and then we'll talk about what he had to say. Uh, become totally empty. Let your heart be at peace. Amid the rush of worldly comings and goings, observe how endings become beginnings. He talks a lot about that, how endings become beginnings. Things flourish each by each, only to return to the source, to what is and what is to be. To return to the root is to find peace, and to find peace is to fulfill one's destiny. To fulfill one's destiny is to be constant. To know the constants called insight, not knowing the cycle, leads to eternal disaster. Not knowing the cycle. Knowing the constant gives perspective. This perspective is impartial. Impartiality is the highest nobility. The highest nobility is divine. Being divine, you will be at one with the Tao. Being at one with the Tao is eternal. This way is everlasting, not endangered by physical death. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, he's going to talk a lot. As a matter of fact, what he what he discusses in this is living with constancy is what he calls this. And I'm just going to read the whole thing because he's got several good uh, comments in this. The 16, and y'all just interrupt me at any time. Uh, the 16th verse of the Tao Te Ching describes the value of being supremely conscious of the constant cycle of all. Rather than viewing change as a disruptive, unwanted occurrence, you can choose to view the variances in your world as valuable influences in the cycle of a Tao-centered existence. When you see change as the only constant there really is, you start to recognize it as an expression of ongoing life that's a welcome clue to your own purpose and meaning. In this way, you're returned to the experience of your source and the peace of an impartial perspective. Begin this process by altering your ego-based thoughts and letting yourself feel the bliss of being one with a Tao. Then become an acute observer of how your world really works and allow yourself to be in harmony 
with the cyclical nature of all living things. There's an immutable cycle of no life, life, no life that we're part of. All things come and then they go. Life materializes in a variety of forms. It's here and then at some point it ends in what we call death. This coming and going might seem to be a temporary condition, but it's actually the ultimate constant because it never ceases. Embrace this nature of cyclical change and you'll thrive. At the ending, an ending may feel like a reason to mourn, whether it be the closing of a phase of your life, the completion of a project, the termination of a relationship, or death itself. But Lao Tzu invites you to realize that after things flourish, they return to the source, to what is and what is to be. The constancy of the cycles of life is an opportunity to return to your root where what is and what is to be are located. The ultimate place of peace and enlightenment is in this continuous return to the nameless, placeless site of your origination. So, yeah. Any comments at this point? I know that's a lot. He, he, uh, what, what I'm getting out of this is that I've got to change the way I look at things that are making me happy or making me sad. I'm going to stop share for a minute. I've got to change instead of buying into everything so much as being permanent. Because, I mean, I make everything permanent. If I walk in a room, if I go to some meeting somewhere or anything, and I sit down in a locate in a spot, the next time I come back, I want to sit in that same spot. Yeah. I mean, I make everything constant. In my thinking, yoga students they come in and they take the same spot every time. Yeah, but that's doing that. You know, that's saying this is my. You know, everything's so constant, and I want everything to stay the same. And I do that with everything. You know, I park in the same park. I go to the grocery store and I park in the same parking spot every time. Try to, and if somebody parks there, I park as close to it as I can. You know, (laughs) it's crazy. You know, but it's just, it's a, it's a human problem. Like you were talking about Marla, that's a human problem, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that when we hold on to those things and don't realize everything is evolving, everything is changing that we, that our angst comes from trying to hold on instead of letting those things just naturally happen. And I believe for me, if I can grasp the idea that death is imminent um, you know, that we all die, it, death becomes more acceptable, then maybe my life will change for the better where I'm living each day more fully because I know I'm going to die. So right. than being morbid about death because it is going to happen, um, um, embracing that that's just part of everything that's going to happen and maybe it will enhance other parts of my life at the same time. You know, I can look at that. I'm sorry. So that's, that's what I was alluding to last week when I was, when we were talking about the source. Um, because I, I related this chapter because I'd read the, I'd read the Wayne Dyer before, um, before the rest of the translations. And that's what I took out of that as well. It's, it's the fact that we're, we're, we're mortal. We're, we're going to end at some point, And if we, if we accept it, it makes it less, 
not less painful, but it's you know we accept it more for what it is. Um, I listened to a, I listened to a, a great interview today um, about acceptance. It was actually Tina Turner. She was talking about the uh, her son's suicide and how she was able to accept it more because that's what her son wanted. Um, she she stood back and just let it let it all go. Yeah. Um, the, the gratitude that she had was the fact that you know, you know it, it's happened. He's he's been in my life and that's 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 how that's how he wanted to go. It was his decisions and I wasn't there to influence it. Um, it was it was t- it was tough to listen to, but just just we talking about the the mortality there that's just brought it back. Um, but yeah, I think mean, it's what I'm getting in this as well is it's another one of these paradoxes that we we always seem to live our lives by. Because if you look at the definition of constancy, it's um, the quality of being enduring and unchanging. Um, and I th- we all know that the two things addicts hate most is the way things are and change. Um, so I think if we have to accept the fact that we're, we're going to have to change, um, then again, it makes it more easier. So we're not hanging on to how things are. If we're living in that state of constancy and we realise that the whole idea of that is it's, it's constant change, um, I find that quite difficult to get my head around to start with. But now that I see it for what it is, um, it is it's a lot more accepting. I can accept a lot more easily. You know, and if we think about, you know, and it's interesting that how, the example we've given is a very simple example we can touch and see and observe day to day all the time. Right now we can, it's the fall coming and we can see the changes in, you know, uh, in temperature and all those things too. You know, we can, we can see it's changing, you know, even though we may not like that, it's still changing, you know, and we can see it in the simple things and then the end of that is being able to accept the bigger things. So it starts with the small for me. And I think the death part, rather than me jumping all the way to when I'm dying, is is like my relationship. I was thinking about relationships with people around me and how they have cycles. And I have friends that I'm a friend with, and then, you know, that friendship kind of dies, and then another friendship starts. And and if I don't let go of those things, and Dyer talks more about this, that, that if I don't go let go of something that's dying, I'm not able to accept the new birth of something else because I'm preoccupied with the death. Mm-hmm. So in our everyday life, maybe if we thought about, different ways that we hold on to things that are dying because we have all kinds of things in our life that relationships and uh, work and uh, everything, you know, that around us is in some cycle of life, everything. So are we accepting it as it is and being more of a watcher or are we buying into this stuff and holding on with cat claws you know, and not letting it go because we're we're not accepting that something else is going to come along, where you know that you know that's even better, or or it's what should be even whatever it is. You know, uh, with my kids, for example, they're twenty and twenty-two now. I loved when they were little, and I would love to hold on and keep them there. You know, in this one place. But that's that's had to pass, and now it's something different. And if I don't accept it as being the way it is now, 
then I can't enjoy that if I stay in what used to be. So I don't know if that makes sense. But, yeah, you know. complete sense. I, I was going to say that um, this is, seems to be what we're talking about right now has kind of been the theme of my life over the last six years because I've lost so many people in my family. And um, I would say probably the most tragic and, and heartbreaking one was in 2014. My brother, who was 37 at the time, was murdered. And um, I and I've lost about four family members since then. And um, I really what it really was devastating. But you know, when now that I can look back on it, I could say that you know my brother's death was kind of a prompt for me to live. And I really eventually when I was able to get beyond the grief and and everything that came in the aftermath I was eventually able to see that 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 was that was an ending of sorts but that it was also a new beginning for me because a whole new life was born out of that event for me and I just really was able to I really can appreciate life now much more. I appreciate, you know, the time that I have with my family that's still with me. And um, and it really just opened up just this whole new way of looking at things that, you know, even though I wish I could have came about it a different way. Um, but I was able to eventually see that, you know, out of devastation and out of tragedy and, and at ending there was, you know, a new beginning that was actually had some beautiful aspects to it for me. So it's really um, a subject that has been as near and dear to my heart because I really have had no choice to learn something positive from it because if I didn't, it would have just been so, I don't know if I could have recovered. That's tough acceptance, Aldra, in those situations. Uh, you know, and, and that's just hard. That's hard. There's nothing nothing to say to that, you know. you you, For me, when I'm in those unacceptable situations, uh, I've got to just keep in mind that I'm not in control of this deal in no way, no form, no fashion. And, I, and uh, I've got to just let it pass because – yeah, I know it's going to be different tomorrow, and and I'm maybe I can look back and see uh, how you know some good out of it. If I you know, but regardless, I can't control it. So me holding on to it is the wrong thing. I know it is, and I've got to trust that I'm going to be more accepting, feel better about things as time goes on, and that's part of that. I think looking at this whole thing as being cyclical in nature and that, that everything is in some part of that path, you know, some part of that cycle, you know, uh, I've, I've held on to things much more trivial than that, uh, like jobs and other things. But I think if I don't learn to do it in these little things, when I have those big things come along, like you're talking about, there's no way I can do it. No way. That's huge. Thanks. Any anything else before I move move forward? Okay, I'm going to share my screen again. Okay. See, I think I have time. I'm just going to read through this. Uh, it's got a lot of good stuff, so I don't want to skip anything. Um, 
Let's see. I read that. Uh, Lao Tzu tells you that a sense of inner peace comes from returning to the source where all cycles begin and end. This is the fulfillment of your personal destiny. That is, you're here to know and be the Tao, the constant beyond the comings and goings of life. You've been in many bodies already, and you're in a new one every day. You've been in and out of many relationships, yet the eternal you survives despite transitions from beginnings back into endings. You're now being urged to know yourself as a physical creation and as a piece of the everlasting Tao. That reminds me of the Bhakti uh, religion, which is that God is love and that we're all drops out of the ocean of love. You know, that God's this ocean of love and we're all drops out of that ocean. So we're, we're all part of the whole, right? The Tao that animates all existences, including your own, is totally impartial. It plays no favorites. It brings winter, regardless of whether you want it or not. It sends those you love on to other people and then back, irrespective of your desires to have it otherwise. All of life must return to it. There are no exceptions or apologies. In nature, you know, I see the, you know, the water's there for all the animals to drink, whether they're what we think are kind animals and the ones that are not, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, it's there for all and is impartial. Um, when we're unaware of this steadying influence, we, you attach to one element of one cycle in life, leading to what Lao Tzu calls eternal disaster. When one person leaves you, it feels like the end of the world. When a business venture fails, you flunk out of school or you have a painful illness or injury, you feel depressed. If you get trapped in these emotional endings, you're not permitting, permitting them to also be a natural part of life, leading you to feel disconnected from your source. You become stuck in the rush of worldly comings and goings, unable to remember the constancy where endings become beginnings. The reality is that beginnings are often disguised as painful endings. So when you know that there's a constant beyond the present moment's disappointment, you can sense that this too shall pass. It always has and always will. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. I want to read that again. The reality is that beginnings are often disguised as painful endings. So when you know that there's a constant beyond the present moment's disappointment, you can sense that this too shall pass. It always has and always will. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Comments? Okay, I'm going to keep pushing forward. There's nothing for me to say on that. Uh, this is what Lao Tzu seems to be telling you in the 16th chapter of the Tao Te Ching. Take time to be an impartial observer of life particularly when an ending is causing despair. Remind yourself that your source is at work within this event, and then make a decision con to connect to that source with your thoughts. All endings are part of the cyclical process. You're merely returning to a life of constancy, which Lao Tzu taught in this passage. You don't have to learn anything new, change any behavior, 
or adopt any new strategies. Just think about the word return and take comfort in the ever-constant Tao, which brings peace to despair. The Tao never leaves or disappoints, and it is always impartial. Wherever you are in the emotional cycle, you're not being judged. Rather, you're learning to be in all phases, free of judgment and living with constancy. Hmm. You don't have to learn anything new, change any behavior, or adopt any new strategies. Just think about the word return and take comfort in the ever-constant Tao. What did it say? Be empty. Observe. Which brings peace to despair. The Tao never leaves or disappoints, and it's always impartial. Wherever you are in the emotional cycle, you're not being judged. Rather, you're learning to be in all phases, free of judgment, and living with constancy. Anything? Yeah, tell me about it. I've got just a couple more paragraphs. I'm going to read them, and then, then we'll close with some, some comments. Write these words and post them in a conspicuous place in your living environment. This, too, shall pass. This phrase will remind you that change is the only constant in life. Everything you notice is in a cycle of coming and going. Everything. There are no exceptions. Know this and let your thoughts flow in the constancy of change. This is the root, the source of all cyclical happenings. It is perfect. It is divine. It is something you can totally rely on. It brings spring flowers. It brings the aging process. It brings rebirth. It brings new relationships. It is the Tao, and it is constant. Return to it and experience your eternal, eternal essence here and now, in the temporary container you call your body and all its dramas, this too shall pass. You can count on it. Okay, his do the Tao now, his action is dedicate a day to consciously seeking situations to practice impartially observing endings as beginnings. Challenge yourself to find a specific number by noon. Begin in the morning by being aware that the end of Asleep is the beginning of awake. Break your waking time into sections, noticing without judging the endings that make space for beginnings. Start to consciously live with constancy by opening your mind to the fact that change is the only certain thing. Remember to include all of your feelings in your cycle. Impartially observing sad, for instance, permits its natural ending to transform to a beginning. You're doing the Tao. Wow. I like the idea that I don't make room for something new until I let go of something that's dying. I mean, I can see it looking back over and over and over again how I've done that with everything. Businesses, jobs, relationships. Trains of thought. Yes. <laughs> Holding on to the same thought, you know, for years till you finally have to let it go. 
You can't lie down and die with something. You have to you have to let it go. And what resonated me with that was the the words temporary container for, for your body. Um, and this too shall pass. Um, I think it definitely does remind us of our mortality. Um, we're here for a limited time. Um, and I think one of the messages between that as well is we have to do as much as we can, but let things go as well, not, not hold on to things. We let go or get dragged. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, how does that apply to our recovery? Resentments. Let, let go of resentments. Um, if you're having, having resentments against people, it's just it's going to fester. It's not those those people that you have resentments against. A lot of time they don't even know it. They're not thinking about it. They're not bothering about it. We're the only ones that are holding that thought. If we let it go, we're going to be in the same we're going to be in the same state as they are. They're just getting on. They're moving on with their lives. They're going on with things, but we're stuck in that rut of having that resentment against somebody, and we can't move forward until we let that resentment go. Um, I've done quite a bit of this lately and the difference in my life, the, the difference in my thinking and the difference in just the way I go about things on a daily basis at the moment is, is so much better and I feel a lot better in myself knowing that I'm not harbouring a grudge from five, ten years ago. That's five, ten years of my life that I've wasted on something that is just so immaterial that when you think back about it, it is so petty. Um, and it's held me back recovery-wise for a long, long time. And I think if I'd have realised that, then yeah, it wouldn't have taken me so long to get to this stage. But at the same time, I'm at this stage because it was my time to get to this stage, and I appreciate that, and I accept that. Um, yeah, just I just need to let go and get get on with things. You're working at your own pace. Absolutely. Yeah. That's- yeah. I, I was, um, as you were talking, I was thinking also the threads of thought that led me to, um, you know, not being able to forgive myself and the threads of thought of self-loathing and, and my, how much I hated my body. I had to um, really work to let those thoughts go in order to um, start liking myself in a, in a better way. So I, that's what I got out of that paragraph yeah you know i i never think about those things because i i don't like my body but yet i have um i don't beat myself up about things i'm a female this is the thing marla with what we read the Tao, our higher power yeah. is not only fair in that uh, on the positive side, as far as uh, I think, uh, looking out for us, and we have this whole cycle of life that is going to bring us peace if we follow. If we're in a negative place, that uh, that he's there for us too. You know, it's it's a it's a two sided that I'd never thought. I never think about um, needing to uh, forgive myself. Because it's not a problem for me, you know. Yeah. But but it's there just as fair on that side as on the other side, you know. I don't know if that makes sense. I'm having so. a difficult time explaining that. Uh, mirror reflects perfectly because the things it sees are perfect. <laughs> Good one, Craig. Um. 
I was thinking about um, just how simple this really is, you know, and how um, how the cycle of life is such a such an example for us to follow, and that in recovery, the this too shall pass for me. I remember when I was fighting a drink, which has been years since I've actually sat there and said, I'm going to go, no, I'm not, I'm going to go, no, I'm not, I'm going to go, no, I'm not, you know, and that fight, I said, you know, if I feel like this tomorrow, I'm going to drink. Mm-hmm. I get up the next day, and the majority of the time, I didn't feel that way, and I said, wow, I feel different today. So, you know, I think, I think the big takeaway from this is learning how in all of our areas of life, the, where the cycle is, where we're at in the cycle in the things in life that we're uh, concerned about. Maybe starting with the things we're fighting. If there's something we're fighting that we're disturbed about, analyzing and looking at that cycle and say, okay, am I holding on to something here? Is that why I'm fighting? Am I not letting go of this so that something new, so this can die and something new can come about because I can't, I can't even approach something new until I let go of this. So uh, that's how, that's how I see it as a practical application. I'm like, it was saying like impartially observing. Yeah. So you're kind of observing yourself without judgment, but doing it. So, you know, so you're, aware of what you're thinking not judging yourself but so you're kind of in tune and that's how kind of bringing back to the meditation we were talking about last week you know so you can get in tune with that yes kate excellent guys anyone else with anything before we uh close for today Mm -hmm. this has been good stuff practical I can use this. I have a, I, I held on to a business for about two years longer than I should have. I should have been making moves a couple of years ago that I didn't make. And I can see it so clearly looking back how I would not let go because I'd made a good bit of money off of this other business for years, but I knew I needed to let go of it and I didn't. And now I'm having to work through things I wouldn't have to if I would have done that, you know? It's hard to let go of something that appears to be doing great, you know, and you say, no, I, but I knew inside that I needed to make a change and I didn't do it, you know? Ooh. Yeah. So, uh, Starting to listen to your inner voices now, aren't you? <laughs> trying to Marla, but, uh, sometimes I just don't, you know, yeah. <laughs> sometimes I let zeros get in the way, you know, and that's what I was doing. I was letting zeros get in the way, you know? So, uh, but I know now looking back, but, but that's just one example. I mean, there's a lot of things more important than that. You know, all of our relationships and all the, everything in our life is in some, I didn't realize that until this meeting that everything in my life is in that cycle. Everything. There's nothing in my life that's, that's not in some phase of that life, death, life or cycle, you know, everything, every relationship. Every pet, every person, every everything, every care of my life is in some phase of that cycle. So, like, if you're looking at recovery, step three, turning our will and our life over to God's care, 
becoming an observer with your will and care. That's exactly what this is saying. Ah, that's just good stuff. Um, the observer is a theme that keeps on reappearing, I've noticed, <laughs> in the, these meetings since I've been around. This every week we find ourselves back at become the observer again and again. I think one of the big takeaways for me from what we've talked about today is is um, the no, noticing and knowing the fact that everything is coming and going, that's beginning and ending, and so knowing that, appreciate what you have while it's here because an ending is coming and a new beginning will come, and then you can appreciate that new thing, but appreciate what you have while it's here. That's good, Audra. I hadn't thought about that. Being in the moment. Being in the moment. That's good. Thank you. Anything else, guys, before we close? No. All right. Well, y'all have a great week. We'll see you next week. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.